Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan House. I'm a music writer. And I am Jim Love, and I'm a keynote and motivational speaker. And this is episode 35. 35. You just oh, said 34. 34. Okay. Well, that's 34. A, all right. Alan messed up. There it is. Uh, 10 seconds in. Yeah. Episode 34. Where <laughs> I said it was really funny. We just discussed this like right before right we before. went. Yeah. yeah. So that's so, where we're at. Yeah. Episode 34. 34. Correct. <laughs> and sideways. It is currently, I know this won't be the date that you listen to, but it is currently early June in Milwaukee and Milwaukee is alive. It, is, it is actually summer. Like, perfect. Though. It is it is literally 75 degrees, sunny out. I drove here. Like, you know, the windows were down. I was cranking Kid Cudi, if you're wondering what okay. I was listening to, and it was fantastic. Sunglasses sure. were on. Seatbelt was on. Everybody relaxed. It was good. There <laughs> was going the speed limit and just flowing. And yep. uh, everyone's got a smile on. It's just, it really is different. And I know that's a Midwest thing. But specifically in Milwaukee, I feel like the city just pops when, yeah. it's, when it's nice. You out should like enjoy this. this because we have by by rule and by law, we mm-hmm. only get like two more days like this the whole <laughs> year, and then it's twenty twenty. Exactly, it is actually a law. Like it's yeah. written somewhere. It's yeah. weird. It's in the town chart. I know. Yeah. I don't know why they would do that. They're actually really messing with us. But we're <laughs> we're so excited to um, to be here and to be back and just keep this party rolling. And yeah. um, in the spirit of of connections and, and the people we've uh, been introduced to, our next guest is actually another introduction from a previous guest we had, uh, <laughs> Peter Velardi. So it's been. It's been just such a joy to for Alan and I to connect with um, any number of people from leadership to business consultants, et cetera, and, and just talk about passions. And um, and now we have an opportunity to continue doing that. So we're going to introduce here, uh, our next guest is uh, John Laredo. And John is a uh, leadership expert, business consultant, author, and keynote speaker. Say that 10 times fast, you won't. <laughs> uh, John, welcome to Hustling Sideways. We're so happy to have you. Hey, thanks, guys. Pleasure to be here. I uh I love your uh, your opening there. I love the energy you guys have, and uh, I love our conversation that we had the other week, Jim. So glad to uh, be here. Fantastic, fantastic. And for the record, we don't have an applause button yet. So Still we just, working on. So it. we just make one for ourselves. Uh, you know, we could just there you we go. Could just put the applause in and post. Yeah, but then that would like kill the 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 joke that we like. We can't. We just got to continue doing next, it like this. Our next podcast will be broadcasting from a live studio audience. How about <laughs> Wouldn't that? that be amazing? Yeah, we'll we're going to get them all into this very small room. That's true. <laughs> yeah, stand by for that one. Uh, yeah. So John is is uh, based in North Carolina, which is another state that we have here. We talked about that before yep. we got on. Um, Fantastic. John, um, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, your your upbringing, family, and, and, and where you're currently at in, in, in your career. Yeah. So, um, wow, there's just, you know, I've, I've gone on this crazy, incredible journey that I'm very grateful for. But uh, I, I've, number one, I'm in 51 years, I've lived in, I think, 30, over 30 places. I tried to count. Oh, wow. It was almost like 35 almost hit 35. I've got a twin sister and a small family. Uh, I have uh, two kids, uh, Nick and Sky, who are now 16 and 19, and uh, just a phenomenal family dynamic. But I've lived all over the place. And and two years ago, moved down to Holly Springs, North Carolina, which now I am close to my family. I've been all over the place. So it's always been like a flight away. Now I'm two blocks away from my sister, I'm, uh, you know, three miles away from my parents. They're still mm. alive and doing great. And uh, so life is life is awesome. awesome. Um, but I, I was up in Boston, you know, hearing you guys talk about the weather up there. Wow. We had like you'd have this two month period of time of great weather and it would really quickly get cold and uh, you'd be prepared for winter. So everybody was out like this time of year outside because you knew it was short lived. Um, but, you know, real quick synopsis, you know, I started my business in financial services. So you mentioned Peter Velarde. I know Peter from when I started at, in the business 
in financial services in 1994. He was like a god at the company I was with, which is IDS Financial Services, now Ameriprise. I used to watch him on videotape and kind of mimic everything he did in terms of how he presented to clients and everything. And um, I started, you know, did well as an advisor and got into leadership Mm -hmm. and uh, spent 20 years of my career uh, in leadership and just had this passion around it, almost like this crazy obsession uh, of what makes great leaders so good. I studied them. I like, you know, try to figure out exactly everything that went into being a great leader. And, and my experience was turning around these broken organizations. So my first opportunity was going to an office taken over in Hartford, Connecticut, which was ranked 100 out of 110 offices in the country. So it was like, you know, let's give Laredo a shot. He can't screw it up any more than there already is. <laughs> and uh, it, I figured some things out, got some great people. Um, that was a, a big, big thing and turned it into the number one office in the country and um, went to Boston and did something similar, then went to DC and did something similar, and then back up to Boston and did something similar. So about, um, Two years ago, uh, literally February 14th of 2020, um, I did something that I had been thinking about for a number of years, and that was to leave the uh, the corporate America world, um, leave my secure, high-paying, uh, safe job, and uh, take a major leap. And that was to start my own business. And I resigned on February 14th, three weeks before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. Wow. My yeah. game plan at that point was to do keynote speeches on leadership. And I had all kinds of stuff lined up. I had keynotes around the country. I had a TED talk lined up and I felt great, you know, confident. And then three weeks later, the whole world shut down <laughs> and everything evaporated. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I had hit that major, oh shit moment. Like, wow, what the <laughs> heck did I do? Yeah. Uh, but you look back and, and it was the best decision by far I've ever made. I am uh, incredibly happy in a weird way that turned out to be the perfect time to do what I'm doing because I'm now working with companies and organizations around developing their leaders to the highest level possible. And this has been just the perfect time to do that. Uh, It was a little bit of a strategy game plan shift, but um, it's been an unbelievable ride in these last couple of years. So I spend my time uh, consulting companies. I coach executives on leadership. I do keynotes all over the place and uh, I have a blast. Love and nice. life. I love it. I could tell. I, I I'm I'm so curious. Just go, going back to um, you know, your experience of walking in, you know, to a company uh, in an office ranked a hundred of one hundred and ten, right? Like, what 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 does day one like that look like when you, when you <laughs> walk in and and you know, I almost picture like office space of of like of like the Bob's walking like oh like here's you know here's yes. here's this guy trying to come in and make a change. Like, what 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 is that vibe like for you when 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 you uh, enter that atmosphere and how how do people re- react to that? Well, you know, it's funny. It's uh, it, it was scary. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna lie. It was it was kind of it was overwhelming. It was like, okay, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first real leadership uh, assignment, so to speak. So it was really like a test and a lot of second guessing of yourself. I mean, it's but you know, you realize the place is is broken for a reason and. Um, it was it was that feeling of where do I even start? Um, so I remember my first day. I gave my first day speech and in front of the whole group, and 
and I had my, it was an office of, I forget what it was, maybe 15 or 20 people. And um, I remember a week later, a few days later, I remember saying to one of the other man, one of my managers and, and said, well, where's that guy that was sitting in the front uh, with the white shirt. And, uh, and, and they were like, you know, we don't know. He, he left that day. We haven't seen him oh, since. He I'm just like, disappeared. He Literally he just walked gone. out and left. That's it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, and we never saw him again. Literally. That was the way. Oh, wow. just, he didn't like what I had to say in my first day speech and wasn't up for the, the challenge of what I was putting out there and the vision I was casting out. But I, I realized, you know what? That's what it's all about. 100%. I mean, you're, it's important, as important to get the right people on the bus as it is to get the wrong people off the bus. Mm -hmm. So I learned a really valuable lesson that you have to be really clear. You can't try to appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to do that. You've got to be real clear with your vision. And then you find who selects themselves out or in uh, based on that. So it was just, you know, but it was, it was a wild experience. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun, a lot of hard work. But yeah, those first early days were kind of crazy. <laughs> now, did you know that it was ranked 100 out of 110 or however low it was? I'm sure you could kind of guess by looking around, but like, <laughs> did you know that it was actually ranked that low? I actually did, Alan. So I, I had seen the scorecard, so I knew everything going in. And it's funny, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people thought I was crazy. They're like, why would you, you know, why would you do that? And I'm like, you know, they, literally, I can't. I can't do anything worse. I, I can't <laughs> go anywhere but up. So that's why would I want to take something over that's already at the top? Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to put my mark on something and take something over. So I was actually looking for something, an office that was kind of broken. I didn't realize that I'd go somewhere where it was that broken. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I did. I went in there with my eyes open. When I got there, I didn't realize what it looked like to be number 100. When I got there and realized, wow, I mean, there was... There were people I walking through the hallway. I remember when this was one of my managers walking through the hallway in the morning, he'd come in and his, he was shoulder slumped head down and his tie. I remember vividly his tie wasn't even around his neck. It was in his hand and it was dragging on the floor behind oh, him. Oh, oh no. my goodness. It just looked like he was walking into like uh, uh, the, the executioner, like to get uh, uh, going to an electric chair or something. I mean, it was just, it was misery. And I'm like, and that was one of the managers setting the tone that's, for the environment. I'm like, brutal. what the, this is just, this is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of that. And it was turning the culture around and changing mm -hmm. people's attitudes and giving them a sense of hope. And then we started to climb a little bit and go from a hundred to 95. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we celebrated it. We're yeah. like, Hey, we could climb five. We just beat five other offices. And then we did it again and we beat five more. And then every month it was higher and higher and higher and higher until we got to the top 10 and then ultimately to number one. And it was just, it was a wild transformation. I love that. And small victories are so important. Yes. I think, you know, generally as a team or, or, you know, whatever it might be. And I, I, I love your analogy of, of the bus and, you know, it's, it's just as, as important as putting people on as is taking people off. And I think about that, that gentleman who left that day and, you know, um, some people, like shouldn't be part of a culture, you know, and that's, and that's okay. And I, and I know like I've dealt with people who are very negative and that's just, you know, the anti of, of what I am. And I, I and I, I steal this term from John Gordon, who's a speaker and an author, but he calls them energy vampires. And I, <laughs> I, I know people like that. And, and that's, that's, what's going to bring everyone, you know, down. So, mm -hmm. you know, to your point, like that may have been at the moment, a shot to the, to the heart of like, wow, it was like really that. But then you think about it, like I, that's, he didn't belong. You know, this, this was something he yeah. didn't fit my vision. And that's a good thing. Like, I think yeah. that's like, that's like a really good thing that came about from that where it felt like a negative at first. Well, little Absolutely. did you know, that guy's actually a fortune 
500 CEO now. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> His name was Elon something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some kind of fish. Awesome. Right, yeah. He was doing something with a, an electric something or other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out. He was in the batteries. I don't know what <laughs> um, I think that, you know, creating that, having that challenge, that is uh, the interesting part that stands out to me is saying, you know, I didn't want to go towards the the top of the chain and take over that. I want to put my mark on this. How do you train yourself for that sort of thing to say, okay, you know, I actually don't want the, the let's call it a cushy top of the line kind mm-hmm. of job. How do you kind of train your mind to be like, I want the thing that I, I want the, uh, the broken Honda, not the BMW kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I want to fix that thing up. You know, how do like, what goes into that? Well, I think I just, I, I, I understood what leadership is and was at that point. Um, and, and it's not, nobody remembers the guy or the girl that went into a, an organization that was number one and kept it number one. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody remembers that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, they remember the people that, that did the come from behind uh, victory and pulled something from the bottom to the top. And that's leadership. I mean, I think about you know, a leader's job is to change the outcome. It's to help people do things that they would not have done otherwise to help them see something that they didn't see before and give them a sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I remember the moment that I first realized what leadership was. Um, and, and it was somebody who influenced me and it changed the outcome. It was in the high school. I'll, I'll tell the story really quickly it was a it was uh i played baseball and i was uh i remember in a in a pretty clutch situation and i was i was a pitcher and i was a with batting i was either the guy who hit a home run or struck out and i led the team in both literally i swung to the fences all the time and uh when i got a hold of it it could go far but i i struck out a lot and uh, i got up to the plate you know it was like classic situation bases loaded two outs and I remember thinking to myself in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to strike out. I just, I know I'm going to strike out. I know, there's no doubt about it. And I'm like, just, just, you know, I was praying that I'd get hit by the pitch because I'd rather get knocked in the head, knocked unconscious and carried to first base and have to live through striking out. And my third base coach must have sensed that in me. He could see my body language and he called timeout, called me over. I walked up to him and, and it was me, him and my teammate who was standing on third base. And my teammate said, John, just hit the ball. That's all you got to do is just hit the ball. I'm like, Oh, geez, well, thanks. Man. I don't even know that. That's brilliant. I'll just do that. Then I didn't know that was what I was supposed to do, but my coach said something brilliant and it was so matter of fact, and it was, didn't even skip a beat. He said, Oh, I know John's going to hit the ball, but listen, John, when you hit the ball, try to hit it to right field. So we get in two runs, not just one. Hmm. And I remember like I was dumbfounded at how confident he was. I'm like, he knows I'm going to hit the ball. I'm like, he knows, he knows I'm going to hit the ball. Of course I'm going to hit the ball. I am going to hit the ball. And I, I walked back to the plate with a totally different mindset, totally different self-talk. And I'm like, I am going to hit the ball. Let me try to hit it to right field. Let me close my stance a little bit, lag my swing a little bit. And uh, sure enough, the next pitch came in and I hit it over the fence for a grand slam. Nice. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and awesome. it was the most, I remember vividly thinking as I rounded the bases, I'm like, I was going to strike out. There's no doubt about it. And that coach Steinbrick's interaction with me, that moment changed the outcome. Totally. A hundred percent certain. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the game. It wasn't just that moment. It won the game. 
it, but it was beyond that. It was me and the impact it had on the next game and the next game and the next game. And really the ripple effect it has through life. Cause that moment gives you confidence that you carry into your next interaction, next interaction from there. So that was really my first, like, wow, like this whole mind blowing experience of the power of leadership. So I think that's actually what got me on the journey of it. Mm-hmm. Um, long answer to your short question, but I think that was really from that point on, I'm like, leadership is not about maintaining. Mm-hmm. It's about changing the course of the future and influencing people to think and do differently than they would have otherwise. I, I, I'm like over here, like applauding. I, I'm like fully, <laughs> I, I, and I, I know you and I are in, are in very, you know, very similar mindsets in, in, in terms of leadership development and speaking. And it is so critical, particularly in, in motivating and in getting people to the next level of leadership to literally breathe life into them. And that's, that, that's what your coach did. He, he, he gave you a, he gave you something you didn't have and he, he, it was a breath of life and now, and you remember it, you know, and I think that's so important and, and it was simple and he knew exactly what he was doing and that's what leaders can do and i think i think people people who think they aren't leaders that i think they are can do that every day like mm-hmm. that's something we have the power to do constantly and to, to tap that potential and actually you know give someone the ability and the platform in which to do so and give them the courage to do that is 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 really life-changing i mean if you think about it, that that put you on a trajectory that now has led to to, to where you're at and it was that that small comment and confidence that he had in you and that like that is that is so powerful i love that example because it's perfect and it's and it's something that he probably has no idea that like that i don't know if you told him that or if, if that's been a thing that you, you did okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny because I'm thinking about that as you're saying that. I did reach out to him because I, I was, I was. This was not actually not that long ago, and he doesn't even remember it, and which is fine I, yep. because it was. Yep. That's even more powerful. It was such an insignificant moment, but he doesn't realize the significance that it had for me. Here I am, thirty uh, something years later, mm-hmm. <clears throat> still thinking about it, telling stories about it, realizing the impact, and that's what leadership is too. You don't yeah. know the magnitude of those tiny moments. This was a. 30 second conversation that had a 30 year plus impact, not only on me, but all the people that now I'm developing and leading mm-hmm. because of that, partly yep. because of that. Exactly. So it's fascinating. And it's so cool. And it's too, in the way that, um, it, 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 it's like, if you really dumb it down, almost if I'm speaking this to like a kindergartner and, and I'm like, just be positive with someone. I mean, that's, that's really, you know, that's what it is. If, if, if you're positive and, and, and exude a sense of encouragement and, and having fun with it like that's that's all it takes to take someone from being shut down to actually letting them have a voice and, and going and I, I i had this i gave a commencement talk one time and, and mm-hmm. i i talked about the first five seconds because the first five seconds you have with someone will quite literally make or break if they feel comfortable sharing something with you yeah. or if they're done you know the the, the five yes. subjects of acceptance of hey that's great or give them a hug you know whatever that is or like eh, i don't think so like and and, and that moment is when they decide they're going to be in this and, and, and give their opinion or they're done and that's it. And we have that opportunity literally every day. I'm like, I'm I'm like going off over here. No, but I just, okay, yeah. I love that example because it, it is so key and so simple. And I love that you told him, by the way, that is really cool. And I'm sure he was just floored to hear that it's been 30 some odd years. And, and that is, you know, still a part of your life. And, and we probably have done that to people and have never been told. Like, Oh that, yeah, that's absolutely. I think it's great. And to an extent, I mean, not to, not to take away from your baseball ability, but <laughs> there could be a little bit of perception being reality there mm-hmm. too. You know, he came up and said, Hey, I, I know he's going to hit the ball. I want him to, you know, we want to score two instead of one. He could have thought, okay, we got a 50, 50 chance with this guy at the plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but because he oh, was yeah. able to instill that in you, he, you know, yeah. it gave you the confidence to completely change your attitude and yeah. change, you know, what you did out there because of it. <laughs> you know, that's such a good point, Alan, because I, I almost know for certain 
he didn't think or know that I was going to hit the ball, put it that way. Cause right. nobody knows somebody's going to hit the ball. I'm sure he was thinking the same thing that I was thinking and that my teammates were thinking, Oh geez, just, you know, don't strike out. <laughs> but um, again, you know, that's okay for a leader. I think about, you know, can you leave somebody better off than you found them? Can you, can the interaction improve them mentally or in some way, intellectually, mm-hmm. whatever the case is that leaves them better prepared for their next interaction. And that's amazing leadership. I mean, there's so, so much in life that's weighing us down. I mean, we, we are filled with our own negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're our worst critics all the time and you got enough people out there that are willing to tell you what you stink at and what you're not good at and rejecting everything like that. That's you need to focus on helping people build confidence mm-hmm. and those tiny moments that you think are insignificant those little conversations might have lifelong impacts for somebody else. You know, we remember things that our teachers said to us, one or two teachers that might've said good or bad, that kind Mm -hmm. of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if Mm -hmm. we had somebody when we're young say, you know, geez, you're always late, you know, you get that in your head and you, you become always late. You Mm -hmm. really do. You know, Mm -hmm. or they said, wow, you're so good at figuring stuff out. I don't know what it is. You can just, you can figure out these problems better than anybody does. Before you know, it, you're doing that and yeah. you're becoming like, you know, a rocket scientist or whatever that, you know, because that you were set on that path of believing something. And, and that's so much of what this is all about. Yeah, I love it. Definitely. Yeah. It's like everyday leadership. That's that's really, you know, you, you have the power to do it all the time and, and probably don't realize how often you've done it. Yeah. That, were you about to ask a question? Well, about? I was going to say that we should pivot a little bit to yeah. where, the, where this takes you now um, to forming your own business, forming your own company um, right before the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> with the timing on that, you're in a leadership position already. You're, you're doing well. You've got you're developing businesses and things like that. What is the what's the kicker? What makes you go, hey, this is the moment for me. I I need to strike out and do this on my own, good or bad. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? There was good and bad. So uh, the good, the thing that was pulling me to this was I had gotten some opportunities to do some keynotes in front of large audiences. And I remember standing on the stage and how it felt and realizing, okay, here I am. It happened to be a huge audience of 3000 people. And I'm like, okay, I'm on this stage doing what I love to do. I feel energized and giving advice and helping impact these leaders. They were all leaders in that audience to become better leaders and impact other people. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I just realized the impact I could have by doing that versus running my organization. So part of it was the pull to realize that there's a bigger stage, figuratively speaking out there for me to really be able to impact people. Um, and the second thing was, to be honest with you, and it, part of it was a combination that the more I was in that role, uh, the longer I was not doing what I truly wanted to do. And it became, it went almost to this just ugly place. I remember waking up on a Sunday morning and opening up my eyes. And the first thought was, shit, I have work tomorrow. I hope I can say, I don't know if I can say. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, 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 you're good. Yeah, I'm like, shit, I have work tomorrow. And my Sunday was like ruined. I got to the point where I didn't like Sundays. I enjoyed Saturdays, but as soon as I woke up on Sunday, I was stressed. I was anxious. I couldn't relax. I couldn't have fun. My mind was somewhere else. And I'm like, I am in the wrong business. I am doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no paycheck that I think is worth that. And Everybody thought I was nuts. They're like, why are you, are you going to be kidding me? You're gonna, and, and this was not knowing anything about the pandemic. 
Uh, but it was, they're like, why would you leave something that's stable and secure? And you could just ride it out into the sunset and keep doing this. And you're, you know, you got all the, everything you, you need. I mean, why, why walk away from that? And I'm like, it's, it's not what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I know I can do more. And when somebody feels like can make a bigger impact, and if you're not doing what truly makes you happy, then you're in the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to figure it out. The money will solve for itself. Um, and it's interesting too, because, you know, once I left and made the jump, you know, you got everybody that's saying, Oh, Hey, great, man. Good job. Great move. And then, you know, behind the scenes, they're like, I don't know what the hell. Is <laughs> yeah. And then of the course. pandemic hits and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah right. You know, yeah. Uh, bad move, bad move. But here I am two years later, I'm doing better now not only emotionally and mentally, but even financially mm-hmm. than I was when I left mm-hmm. in a two year period of time. And I'm like, okay, I never would have known that yet. I just knew that I had to pursue my passion yeah. and I had to pursue what makes me happy. And I wake up every single morning. It doesn't matter what morning it is. I'm happy as can be. I love what I do every single day. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people about leadership. I love presenting. I love consulting. I love coaching. I love every part of it. There's no part I, I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's like you've got, when you figure out what really makes you happy, Warren Buffett says it great. He says, you know, he tells kids coming out of school, he said, take the job you would take if you were independently wealthy, <laughs> because you're probably going to do pretty well with that. And you're going to be really, really happy. Yeah, and it, and it's advice. true. Yeah. You know, it's really true. There's nothing more important in life than happiness. We'll have to contact this Mr. Buffett guy and see yeah, if he wants Maybe to he knows the other guy. Come join. Quiet. Yeah. 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 So I want to go back to one thing you said, John, and, and because I totally vibe with this of, you know, when you, when you were on stage speaking to those three, that 3000 group, you remember how, how you felt. And I think that's, that's the important part. And that's exactly what I had too. When I, when I first got on the stage, uh, about eight, seven, eight years ago, um, and, and was speaking to um, a conference of like 500. And, and I, I, that the moment of where I felt like I would, it was like one student that I looked at. And it was, at that time, it was a big group of student leaders. And I, I felt the connection that we had in, in, in that moment where it's like, I, I can't replicate this anywhere else in my life. Like, like the, the, the way that I felt, how we personally connected, how I felt that she responded to my words and how it impacted her personally was something I, number one, didn't think I had the power to do. That mm-hmm. was like never something I thought would happen. And number two, like, holy crap (laughs) that was that was so cool and i I was like pumped for the week it was like a friday i was pumped for the weekend and i was like i i need to and i I had written that like not thinking i would do it that often i was like i'm gonna write this talk and you know have it for this i got i got mentored etc and and then when i did it it was like oh this this is it like that's the one and i I, like immediately had a vocation and it it just sort of happened without me ever anticipating that being a thing, but, but, but the way you phrased that was perfect. It, it was the way I felt down there, not relating to people feeling well, I guess I'm the youngest. I like being the center of attention. So that didn't hurt <laughs> being on a stage. Didn't hurt. I will, I will selfishly say that, but, but ha- having that moment where you actually feel like your words had value and impacted and changed yeah. someone uh, is, is powerful. And, and again, difficult to replicate anywhere else in my life. And the reason why I felt like that day, it was like in June of, of 2014, like that, that was it. That that was my moment. And I, and I could never turn back from that. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing because it is, it is so gratifying and you know, mm-hmm. that feeling when you're on stage and you yeah. just know, you can tell by the audience reaction and, and everybody's really engaged. I mean, but for me, it was also even more of a significant achievement because one of the things that I dealt with for um, 25 years of my life was panic attacks mm-hmm. and I had severe panic attacks. I didn't really know what they were at, well, cause I started in high school 
and uh, they became pretty debilitating. And I, I even when I started to figure out and know what they were, I didn't want to admit what they were. I never told anybody. I never told my my twin sister. I never told my best friends. Mm-hmm. I never told my girlfriends. I never told my family, my parents, nobody, because I didn't want to even say the words because I felt like I would legitimize it and make it. I just kept helping it would go away. But they'd show up in all different ways. And one of the worst experiences I ever had uh, was uh, it was it was in the days of running that Hartford office. So it was back in 2000. I think it was four or five. And uh, I was on stage in front of 70 people. I was asked to speak to a group of leaders in our organization about what we're doing because we're having success turning this organization around. So it was a nice, you know, accolade type of thing. And I got on stage and I had a panic attack right on stage. Um, And to the point where it happened as I was walking up to the stage and I got up there and faced the audience and I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I couldn't breathe. I was dripping sweat. I was beat red. Um, I, I felt like my shirt was like sucking into my body. I just, I couldn't move. And I, all I could do was think to turn around. There was a whiteboard behind me and I just to try and try and buy time. I just started writing stuff on the whiteboard to this day. I have no idea what it was. Literally. I don't think I was writing anything. I literally was just trying to buy time and calm myself down. It didn't work. I I turned around after 30 seconds or whatever it was. And I was still, I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. And people were like, really like, wondering what's going on and i ran off the stage and out of the room and it was humiliating i mean it was the lowest of lows uh and and this was not a random audience these were Mm -hmm. people that i worked with that Mm -hmm. i knew and uh it was absolutely horrific and uh to fall that flat on your face in a public setting like that um and have your ego hit that badly i mean you just don't think you can recover so that began also a whole different journey for me mm-hmm. on self-leadership and leading, getting myself over that issue, which I ultimately did and figured out how to do it. Um, it's kind of like a light switch. If you figure out how to turn it on, you can figure out how to turn it off. You just get control over it. And I had to go through and almost be able to manufacture a panic attack, create a panic attack on command literally wow and i got to the point where i could do that and when i did that i knew i could shut it down and shut it off so um you know getting in front of that three thousand person audience that was a whole other different victory (laughs) to just be able to do it and make it through it not only you know nail it which i felt like it did but just to be able to survive it was a big accomplishment uh so it was a whole different door opener for me mentally too now i'm I'm curious well first of all I've, i've 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 I love that you thank you for sharing that. And, and I, um, you know, we all battle adversity and obstacles. And I, I actually, I, so I'm a person who stutters and I've had a stuttering problem you know, my whole life and it's not part of my story. And so the times when I do it on stage, like fortunately I, I sort of, you know, I, I'm kind of more funny about it now, but like, I didn't, I didn't like it, you know, it would come out and it would make me more, you know, more nervous and, yeah. you know, and then I would have to sort of combat that. And, and, uh, so like, I think everyone sort of has this, you know, their own battle they're going through and, I, and it's important to be more open about it. And I think, I mean, that's, that's really cool. And so I, you know, so first of all, I wanted to totally vibe with that. And then the second thing is what was your bounce back? Like, like after you did that, when was the next time you went on stage? And like, you know, I'm just curious of like, how, how, how did you get to that point of like, I'm ready to go back and and do this again in a moment that I, you know, that was so like, you know, humiliating and, you know, the way that you said it. 
Yeah, it, it was uh, it was really, really tough. Uh, you know, one of the things so I I basically that day pretended like I just ate something or whatever yeah. and was yep. sick to my stomach and, and had to leave to throw up. That's what I told the, the organizer of the event. And so nice of him. He's like, oh, well, if you're feeling better, we'll get you back on in about an hour. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So <laughs> I literally had yeah. to jump right back into it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, and I I probably would give myself a C minus in terms of how I did, but mm-hmm. I made it through it. Um, and and that helped to get right back into it. But I will tell you, I mean, you know, there wasn't a time for that next probably five years mm-hmm that I didn't think about it and mm-hmm. it still pops into my mind, mm-hmm. you know, that, but I, I now have the confidence to know and I can control it. Um, but it, it was scary. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was frightening to not to be in situations, whether it was a stage or any public situation or a, a, a TV type of broadcast or anything like that, where, okay, this ugly thing could happen mm-hmm. in a really public, you know, humiliating way again. So um, it was one step at a time. And, you know, it's I think the way you do it is you just get one little tiny victory. You know, Mm -hmm. okay, let me not go necessarily back to a 70 person stage. Let me just do another presentation in front of five people. Right. And let Mm -hmm. me get comfortable with that. And let me get back up to 10. Let me get up to 15. Just little steps. Um, It's not necessarily having to take this huge leap. It's just progress, not perfection. And that's what what got me there. That's awesome. And that concept of self-leadership too is really important. I like that that really tied into, you know, you started owning that part of your life and you're not going to let it hold you back from living out really your dream. You know, that was... That's something you had to, to, to grasp onto and, and get, you know build the confidence and the tangible ways that you were going to combat that thing. And, and, it, and it's clearly worked out. And now, you know, I mean, I think that's like so cool. Everyone on their journey has those things they have to battle to get to that next step. And to your point, those small victories, you just, you know, just keep going and keep learning and keep growing. And, um, and you're a living example of that, which is awesome. Thanks. And, you know, I think it helps also to realize that everybody's got something. Yes. Everybody's dealing with something that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, the most confident of confident people there's something going on that you don't know about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whether i can't tell you how many people when i've been open about my panic attacks how many people have, have opened up to me and said you know what i i've had that too and mm-hmm. i still have it and i you know and i've seen i've actually seen it happen with people and i've had friends that say i had a friend recently just call me up he's like dude i just i and he's been in financial services for 20 years super super successful and he's like I just had a panic attack in front of a client and I had another advisor in there watching me to see how I am successful. Yeah. And I mean, I had a panic attack. I just, you know, it just happens. Mm-hmm. So nobody's mm-hmm. perfect. And I, you know, now when I get on stage, I, I look out in the audience and I realize, okay, 99% of the people in the audience would be scared shitless yeah. to be doing what I'm doing right exactly. now. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't care if it's CEO of the company, if it's whatever, most people would be scared shitless to stand on a stage for an hour and talk. Mm-hmm. and share stuff and be that open and vulnerable and everybody's looking at everything from did you miss a belt loop in your belt to you know <laughs> is your hair looking dorky is your whatever <laughs> they're analyzing every aspect of you right so you're really putting yourself out there but it, you got to put it in perspective mm-hmm. i mean whatever you're doing and as much as you think everybody else has got it locked in and figured out and wired I, you know <laughs> you realize and i know you guys know this it's not the case. Yeah. You know, everybody's got insecurities. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's got things that they wish they could erase from their memory and stupid Mm -hmm. things they've said or done or mistakes they've made or humiliations. 
Everybody's got it. Yeah. <laughs> Part of being a human. Yes, absolutely. One thing that I I get just from talking to you initially is that I think you really excel at self-assessment and knowing, you know, what qualities kind of make up who you are um, and, and make you a leader too. So if somebody is out there and they think, you know, the leadership role is my thing, like I, I want to go and do, you know, like what Jim does when he goes up and speaks or when you go up and speak, like what traits do you think that they absolutely need to have that makes them really, really qualify as like, okay, this person is a strong leader and can kind of, you know, take that and, and, and really bring that to the people, you know? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I know it's one of those that people, everybody thinks about, or a lot of people wonder about, okay, what are the most important things? I, I think where it starts is being incredibly authentic. You know, when I started my leadership career, I was trying very hard to be this specific type of person mm-hmm. and and act a certain way and be a certain way because I felt like there was a model of how a leader is. And I remember somebody telling a story to my wife at the time of something I did. And she said, that doesn't sound like John. That's not. <laughs> and and they're like, really? Well, what's he like outside of work? And then she had that conversation with me. She's like, you're like two di- different people inside of work and outside of work. And it was really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And when I started to truly be myself, like, I mean, really be myself, um, that's when my effectiveness went up and my results went up. People could relate to me more. I was more approachable. I was more uh, authentic, somebody they really wanted to follow. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where it starts. You know, mm-hmm. uh, don't try to be somebody you're not. Be authentic and realize that, you know, it's not so much what you say. Don't worry so much about are you saying the perfect thing uh, or how you look and everything like that. I mean, people don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. What they care about and what they're doing is watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're watching what you do and and are you really living how you say people should live or are you doing the things that you're saying that you're doing? That's more important. So start with are you leading the life? Are you doing the things that you would want other people to do? Um, and that's where that's kind of the foundation of it, I would say. I'm, I mean, you know how I feel about that answer. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> like, Authentically, as yeah, soon as I heard yeah. that, I was like, that's Jim. Yeah, that's well, I, I love it. I mean, obviously, I fully agree. Authentic leadership is is, is my topic You know, that I speak about. And, and what's, what's funny is as I've formed sort of my message uh, and have given it, I, I'm myself on stage and it almost is a way to be like, Hey, by the way, I, like, I want to encourage you all to be authentic. And also this is me. This is, this is what I do. And, and not only does it help me like laugh at myself when I make a mistake or something, cause I'm just be, like, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's like a freedom. It's a mm-hmm. sense of freedom where I can just go up there and do my thing. And I'm, I'm like, I'm a goofy dork, you know, like, and I, I know that I'm comfortable with that, but you know, and, and one time I came out, my fly was open and I was like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's, it happens. It, it is what it was is. Never asked back. Never then. again. Yeah. yeah. That one didn't go. And there's, yeah. Not a lot within 50 feet of that. Oh, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But no, but it, it's, it's a really, it was a really cool moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to write this, but I'm also just going to do it as me. Like it's mm-hmm. not a performance. It's just like a sort of a hyped up version of myself, but mm-hmm. I enjoy it and I'm passionate about it. So I, I, um, I, I mean, I, of course, fully agree with everything you said. And it really is important. And people relate to that. People don't relate to perfect. They mm-hmm. don't. No one's perfect. And, and 
people try try and go up and be perfect. That's not relatable. People relate to humans and they relate yes. to authenticity and they relate to when you're being yourself and they're like, I can see myself in that. Not like the buttoned up and here's leadership. You know, like that's right. not how humans talk. So when you're up there sharing your yourself and your story, like that's that's what I found. And I was more relatable the, the deeper I got and the more myself I was, which is which is hard for people to do. That's not easy to, to go out on stage and, and do that. But, you know, obviously that's that's our work and we make it happen. But it's it's a very cool moment. And when, when you see people relating to your authenticity, that's, yeah. that's cool. And it's, and again, sort of irreplaceable in any other part of my life. And it's sure. kind of like, you know, what an actor deals with. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if they're playing a character and, and they're playing it really well and the public doesn't like that character, they don't have to take it personally. It's like, Hey, I'm yep. playing a character. It's yep. not me. It's not really who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm playing that villain. Um, we do that as leaders, you know, it's like, okay, I feel like if I am playing this part, so to speak, I can't, I don't have to take it personally. People don't like me if I'm on stage and I'm being the theatrical version or overly or whatever, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still not necessarily getting the, you know, the personal, uh, you know, attack, not attacks, but you mm-hmm. know, it's not going on me personally. I think right. that's how people sometimes frame it in their mind. And that's, it's this veil, this armor that protects them. And in reality, you know, you're right, Jim, it's like the authenticity and the vulnerability. That's what speaks to people, especially mm-hmm. now, yes. what we've been through in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gotten a chance to see into people's homes. Like when mm-hmm. this first, this virtual thing first came out, everybody was really concerned about the backgrounds, the backdrops. Like, what are we going <laughs> to, we can't let people see our homes. Right, like right. I had, there was a leader at an organization, a, a, a fortune 100 company who uh, it truly entertained sending backdrops out to people the whole field and and having a some a very consistent backdrop because we can't let people see i mean you know it wasn't until people realized you know that's great to see our ceo on camera and see his dog in the background or his kids running around in the background like and realizing and the delivery guys at the front door and doorbells (laughs) are ringing or lawnmowers in the background that's real that's real exactly exactly people get attracted to that yeah, you know yeah. it, i encourage it with, with with my team i'm like i'm like i like i want your kids to run in like i want to meet them i want to know <laughs> I, I don't want to talk to you and not know who your family is like right tell me you know like i have a coworker who, who you know her, her son comes in all the time and then we'll like i'm like andrew what's up buddy like what's going on you know like it's a really <laughs> like that's fun and that's like that's how you build camaraderie of course but like that's that's her life i want to know her life and then i'll work better with her while I know what's going on, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a different way. Not everyone thinks that way. And I, and you know, yeah. to your point, like, I remember the background thing. It was so funny. Like, I mean, I could hear the dog, like, I know, I know right. your, your logo is covering it up, but the dog is there. Like I, I hear a meeting, you know, yeah. like go ahead and say I it. totally went the other way. <laughs> I had to apply for a job and did so with the, that stack of records behind you. And it was oh, perfectly yeah. set up there you go. and <laughs> it, everything was like, just per, like caught the edge just right so it was perfectly framed up so it almost looked like it could have been a virtual background but it was true actually yeah. the real thing you just you just have a picturesque setup that's, now that's i just a, yeah stage great. everything for you know, we're always on camera <laughs> um what's uh kind of up for the uh you know the next steps now for you now that we are slowly maybe possibly knock on wood coming out of the <laughs> pandemic just a little bit uh what what is kind of the next steps for the the business well, I'm now uh, expanding it and doing so. Now it's great to get out there and actually do in-person mm-hmm. uh, keynotes, which uh, is so much fun. It's the and best. <laughs> you know this firsthand. I mean, yeah. it's just a blast. I've been doing the virtual thing for mm-hmm. the last two years, and and that's 
fun, but a fraction of the amount of fun as it is in front of a live audience. Mm. So uh, that's happening now, which is great getting out on the road again, uh, booking out keynotes for you know the next year and a couple of years, actually, uh, which is great. And then just uh, looking to, to build my team. I mean, um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a lot of opportunities to work with people and help people. So I've been adding key strategic people to my team that can help deliver on leadership development work that I'm doing uh, with different organizations. So that's really what's been happening. I I, um, I got a book out there last year, which is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have thoughts and ideas of doing a second one. So that's in the horizon at some point. Um, so lots, lots coming up. Awesome. And we will make sure we link to, to, to that book and, and yep. everything you have going on. And, and John, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about you and, and, you know, become a resource, what's the best way to do that? Well, two things they can do. One is my website, which is everything. And that's my name. So it's John mm-hmm. uh, L A U R I T O. Uh, that is everything from my book and what I do and, uh, my Ted talk and even my podcast, my podcast is the other thing. I've been running a mm-hmm. podcast for the last couple of years. Uh, I've got about 300 episodes now of leadership topics. It's called Tomorrow's Leader. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I just, I have guests on there usually once a week, and then I'll do two solo episodes. Sometimes they're five minutes long. It's mm-hmm. just an idea or something that I I, I had seen something with a client or something like that, that I'll just share. So it's kind of these little nuggets of, of uh, leadership insights. Um, and it's a lot of fun, you know, I don't do it for, there's no, there's no uh, purpose other than putting content out there and having some fun doing it. Totally. And yeah. you, you may recognize a guest on, on that, on that podcast coming up, uh, coming up soon. So oh, very, well, very excited for that. And it I just, feel like yeah. I'm in the room with that guy. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who that could Possibly. be. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so, you know, I obviously, uh, you know, uh, connect with John and there's, I mean, there's just so much, uh, truth and advice and wisdom coming from you and, and, and a great opportunity to do that. We're excited to share your book and can't wait to hear when the second book comes out on the horizon and we'll, we'll be, we'll make sure we, uh, tell our folks about that. So, yeah. um, John, it was a, a, just a pleasure to chat with you today and we really appreciate your time and your energy and the passion that you exude for leadership and developing, uh, our, our future leaders. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thanks guys. Uh, greatly appreciate having, having me on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. Keep up the great work. I love what you're doing. And, uh, again, uh, appreciate you both. Absolutely. Definitely. And how do they get in touch with us? Alan? Yes, that's what I was going to say is if you if this is your first time listening to us, uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to us. Make sure you rate us with five stars as yep. well. That does help us that's out. That's the only rating you're The only one hear. you're allowed yeah, to give, correct. yes, is five yep. stars. Yes, nothing less. Correct. Um, yep. Yes, so make sure you do that. Uh, you can also find Hustling Sideways. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and Instagram as well. We're Hustling Sideways everywhere. Uh, if you have a side hustle of your own you can do that and you can be a guest on this podcast mm-hmm. as well uh send us an email hustling sideways at gmail.com and jim alan keep on hustling <laughs>